as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. That is Let's Talk Sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. You're not with Scott Brown. We're with Anton Agassi again. We are with Anton Agassi, of course. Scott is, uh, where is he? He's, he's, he's somewhere lost, I'm sure, uh, busy with kids. Uh, I'm stepping in again, and uh, we're in for a good show today, aren't we? Yeah, no, we cer- certainly are. We give you a big kia ora. Welcome to uh, Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. Tonight, Anton, you are with me for show number 138. It's Wednesday, the eighteenth of September. If you are watching this on the or watching listening to this on the on the replay at ten a.m. or on the podcast, welcome to the show. Um, you might not obviously be able to get in touch with us throughout the show, but you can certainly get in touch with us throughout this um, on, on social media. We love your input, your uh, feedback, all those funny clips that you're um, that you're sending on to us. It is much appreciated. The weather's cold. Does that mean it's good for the rugby boys? Yeah, it's got a bit too cold now. I complained last week because it was too hot, and now I'm complaining this week it's too cold. It's It's been crazy, hasn't it? We went from, what, 20, 22, 23, straight down to... Within a, within a day, yeah. it, it just it cha- it's changed significantly. Now, look forward to the show because you have been away with Scott to uh, Bosnia over the weekend. You, you, you played an international for, um, uh, for Luxembourg. Did you start? No, we both didn't start. You we both, both didn't both start on the bench. We, to be fair, we gave it full beans on the bench. Though we brought bought some Red Bulls, some Harry Bows. We were shouting to the boys on the good stuff for a good half. That's half what hour. we like to see. Make it loud. What um, what minute did you come on? Um, I think sixty minute man, or was it it on the seventy seventy third? It was about five minutes after half time. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. well, well, well done. And yeah. and Scott. Um, I think it was only about a minute or two after me. He, okay, he was. Meant, I think they was meant to come at the same time, but there was uh, the linesman and the fourth official were having interesting conversations. Actually, we weren't meant. To, I wasn't meant to come on when I did because I think it was a penalty, and the linesman just said, "Okay, go on." But apparently, you're not allowed to go on, not allowed to do subs during a penalty. So I was on the pitch, sort of standing there, going, "Am I allowed? Am I not?" Well, I'm on the pitch now, and the other guy's already off, so I'm just staying. The ref's like, "Okay, whatever, play on, play on. It's fine." Yeah. So we are going to offer, uh, offer a warm welcome. Our guest tonight is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I would like the correct pronunciation, but we've got Manuel de Machina Giavo. Uh, no, there's a bad one. No, that was, it was a bad, a bad one. one. Yes, it's, it's, it's very difficult, but it's Mascarenhas Gaivão. Manuel was quite good. Manuel was good? <laughs> yes. Can I call, I'm just going to call you Mr. Manuel or Manuel. Uh, Manuel. Uh, the first now, we were talking uh, on the show earlier. I've been in Luxembourg for 20 Two years with the nationality of Luxembourg. Now yourself, you've been here for twenty-two years, and we've actually been in Luxembourg almost on the, in the same. We arrived in the same month of September two thousand and one. Yes, exactly. It's uh, incredible, huh? <laughs> now, uh, uh, unbelievable. But haven't we seen Luxembourg change? Yes, it changed a lot. Yeah, it changed really, really a lot. What for you? What are the main? What What are the main things that have that are, that that's changed of Luxembourg? Well, it it, it grew uh, enormously. Uh, it grew in different census uh, population is bigger uh, we have people from everywhere now which was not the, exactly the case 22 years ago yes. um, here we are we are Kirchberg is a completely different it, place it was, al- it was almost a farm track was they, they yeah. were doing they're starting the works weren't weren't they we, we I, I, I work at European institutions and I used to walk from there to Osha and between the two there was the cock and there was nothing, nothing else, else. Uh, that's right Big, a, a big, big change, but hasn't it changed for for the, a, a positive? It has to be positive because you and I are still still here. Yes. Uh, Manuel. <laughs> now, Manuel, you come. Uh, there's a reason why I had no idea about who, who Manuel was until um, a few back, uh, a few weeks back, when uh, there was a fabulous game of football played two weeks ago, when Fiji played Portugal. Uh, Portugal. 
Yeah, big game. And, and uh, uh, your name circulated, Manuel, amongst a lot of the... Went, lot went of the, a bit viral. For the, for, the, for the positives. Now, not only did your images or your, your, your persona change locally, but your picture went virally... Around the world, I wouldn't say virally. It's probably a bit, a bit, a bit excessive. I think it went pretty viral. But posit- positively, around the world, your image, uh, your your image was out there. Um, go on, let us let, let us know why, Anton, because you're closer to the connection. Than, yeah. Than so, I am. Um, what Manu was out in uh, watching the game in France uh, with his family. Uh, amazing outfits. If you've not seen the video, this full Portugal kit with the the wolf hats. Um, it was uh, amazing. And at uh, the final whistle, you just see the camera pan around to to Manuel, emotionally just ecstatic happy in the crowd tears in his eyes and I saw that video all over Instagram all over the internet everywhere as a really good uh, video um. <laughs> we're going to get right we're going to d- dive into it we're going to what else has happened I mean you, we can't be the only ones that have seen that, that, that video in fact if I just put that on pause there for one moment there was actually a young lad from Luxembourg yeah the who, budgie smugglers who had a pair of South African budgie smugglers and he got them signed yeah. by Faf de Klerk in, one of the, in, in the pool stage and I believe he came into the studio as well he certainly yeah. I don't know if he, he was uh, talking on the studio but he was uh, showing off those budgies Luxembourg's famous now we're everywhere you can't get rid of us isn't it great what the rugby world cups done? i mean we've been talking a lot about it yeah. as, as, as well haven't we um we've got a giveaway tonight and it's in relation to the tennis that is starting tomorrow um tomorrow night up at the cock it's the luxembourg ladies tennis masters um we have two matches tomorrow night which is um the, the quarterfinals let's uh, let's say two two other matches on the on this uh, friday night Two on the Saturday and one on the Sunday. All the stars are coming. Well, I want to say former stars are coming to Luxembourg. We've got obviously Kim Kleisters, the Queen of Luxembourg. She's known at uh, known as Annette Kontavit, Lucy Safrova, uh, Daniela Hutchinova, Andrea Petkovic, uh, Monica Pug, Pauline Paramenta, and our own Mandy Manella. So they're all uh, playing. They, we say it's an exhibition tournament, but they're actually playing playing for fifty thousand. Big money. Big ones. Yeah. Now, that's more than you would get by winning the World Open in squash. Really? So these is, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> retired. So just putting things in, 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 in perspective there. So we've got two tickets to give away to the final, um, which is uh, greatly um, being provided by Dunlop, who are the, who are the ball uh, sponsors. So um, if you would like to get those to get your hands on two tickets to the finals, please get in touch with us. Um, you can yeah or through our social media or also on on um, our WhatsApp, which is six two one fifty two five thousand. So you're welcome to uh, to do it. And all you have to do is tell me why you would like to win these uh, these two tickets to the finals, which is on Sunday evening um, between all of the stars. Uh, tonight I just mentioned one three eight. Scott likes yeah. this. He likes talking. When we talk about numbers, we say, okay, well, what is it? I always come up with the usual one. 138 is obviously, apart from being the natural number after 137 and preceding 139. There we go. I got the, the out of my mouth. Um, but also 138 in the media, there's a song called We Are 138, and it's, uh, it came out in 1978 by the American punk uh, punk rock band Misfits, well before your time. A little bit before my time. Well, you you were even talking about Luxembourg in two thousand one, and that's it's a bit. I was still in nappy, so I can't really <laughs> couldn't really chip in much of the conversation. How Luxembourg's changed but for Scott, who's who is listening. It's an angel number, and it's a sign. Your angels are telling you that you're on the right path, and keep going. There Wonderful. we go. So that's on 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 one three eight. Um, you're going to head the, um, lead the way before we come into manual. You're going to lead the way, and we're going to talk about um, sport and the history in the world today. It is the eighteenth of October. It's my uh, my stepfather's birthday. Happy birthday, Big D today. Um, and also, there is a few other famous people that have a birthday today, which we can go to afterwards. What's been going on sport and the history in the world today, Anton? So on this day in 1889 was the first all New York World Championship baseball series. Uh, New York Giants play Brooklyn Bridge Grooms. Uh, Giants go on to win the series 6-3. Not a baseball fan, but, you know. I still love it how they... Oh, love it. Don't love it. Love it. World Championships. Yeah, well... 
Americans. Yeah. Mm. Japanese are pretty handy. Yeah. The Japanese love it, don't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, in the um was it the, the Rugby World Cup in Japan twenty nineteen, all the players were giving it a go, the rugby players going down and uh, swinging a few balls and yeah. swinging a few bats I'd a few balls. Twenty four years ago my, 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 my brother was out in um, Japan teaching English. And he said, and then the weekend he would used to go down and watch the watch the kids, the teenagers, all playing uh, playing baseball. I can't remember the city where he was he was posted, but um, he said it was they were mad for, for yeah. baseball. So, nineteen twenty two. That's a yeah. big one. Nineteen twenty two. The uh, British Broadcasting Company BBC was founded. Uh, yeah, in nineteen twenty two. So what? That's one hundred one years old. One hundred one years old. So they had their hundredth anniversary last, last year. year. I didn't hear anything about that. No, neither did I. No? We hear other things about the BBC. Yeah, we hear plenty about the BBC. Um, we've also got in 1953, uh, Willie Thrower. Did he? Great names. Did he? Yeah, he did. He threw a lot. Did, did he throw a lot? He did, because he became the first... <laughs> did he throw, a, did he throw he became, a him or a her, he, Willie Thrower? I have no idea. He, became the, he or she became the first black NFL quarterback, which is um, back in 1953. Great name, Willie Thrower. Willie Thrower. Yeah, it's a brilliant one. It's up yeah. there with one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also had to finish off. We had in uh, on this day in 1968, the U.S. Olympic Committee uh, suspended Tommy Smith and John Carlos for giving the Black Power salute to protest against racism and injustice against uh, African Americans during the Olympic medal ceremony. So um, I wonder how that would get on now. Well, I doubt. Yeah, if, yeah. Definitely wouldn't get suspended now for doing that. Um, yeah. But yeah, times have changed and massively. Certainly since yeah, 19, for the better. Nineteen sixty-eight. You've got a few uh, birthday ones there. I'm going to rip out a couple that uh, I came across. It was in nineteen born on this day is Lindsey Vaughn. That's the uh, Alpine American Alpine uh, ski racer, known for winning four world championships in 2008, 2009, 10, and 12. Um, a feat which places her only second to Anne Marie Pozzaprol. She's off a gold medal Olympian and uh, won the women's downhill at the 2010 Winter Olympics. But I know. Was, Liz- was Lindsay Vaughn one of the girls that was with Tiger Woods? For yeah. A period? yeah. She was. Yeah. yeah. One one of the ones. One of one, one of the <laughs> one of the ones. One of the lovely uh, blonde girls. Uh. Um, we've also got uh, birthday wise. We've got um, a rugby player. Nineteen seventy eight. Mike Tyndall is forty five today. Mike Tyndall, MBE, ex uh, English rugby player, uh, member of the British royal family, World Cup winner in two thousand three. Big fan of that. Um, He's married to Zara Tyndall. She's the daughter of uh, Anne, uh, Princess Royal, and Captain Mark Phillips. She's the granddaughter of uh, Queen Elizabeth II and niece of King Charles III. Yeah, that's right, he is. Now, he was out in Luxembourg recently for the RCL 50th um, anniversary, wasn't he? And he delivered uh, absolutely... uh, His presence was fabulous. (laughs) <laughs> he was uh, he was entertaining. He was uh, he was um, yeah a, a true uh, gentleman. And if you ever want to want someone to come over and be and and be a uh, what would you call it a MC a host uh, yeah host yeah. MC special guest. He is certainly the man because boy did he entertain. Manuel, were you at the RCL fiftieth uh, no I anniversary? Wasn't. I wasn't. Gave that one a miss. I'm really unfortunate. Anton, you were you were there? No. Was I any, the only one there? What was I'm the only non-rugby one. I think one. I was still in. I think I was probably uh, still, still studying. But he was he he was a uh, he was a brilliant. He was he was funny. Who else has got a birthday there today, mate? We've got uh, Robbie Savage, Welsh footballer, uh, ex-Man United player. Uh, he works on uh, BBC or ITV, doesn't he? Or, or Sky TV? Do we see? Is he one of the ones? I swear, where he... he jumps around everywhere. He was one. Of they the, all do that. He was one of the ones who did that uh, charity event where they had to go around. It was one of the stadiums, and they had to sit on every seat. That's right. And they actually had to do, like, wouldn't you believe it? They had to do some some training to to get into what basically squatting down tens of thousand times for for charity. Um, yeah, uh, he's forty nine today. Apparently, happy birthday, Robbie Savage. His son, actually, uh, Charlie Savage, is a professional footballer as now uh, as well now. Okay, who's he, he playing um, for? He he went. I think he went. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he went up through the Man United youth and then had a season there. But I don't know if he got any games for the the, the seniors. He's now signed with Reading, and I think he's had about 11 games for them now. 
Um, so um, bright future ahead for um, Charlie Savage. 1990, Brittany Grinner. There we go. She's the uh, she's the yeah. girl that spent time in the, the Russian the US, prison. The US basketball player that got arrested in Russia um, in February 2022 uh, at the Moscow airport on drug-related charges. She got she got there was a swap, wasn't she? Yeah, it was, it was a real very, it was a real dodgy swap, a real real dodgy swap. So they um, like a, some sort of I yeah, don't know, so like it, a it drug was, runner or something. Was, like I think this. amidst the um, the tension between when uh, obviously Russia invaded Ukraine, um, Russia and the United States, they came to an agreement that she would be freed in exchange for a notorious Russian arms Spy. dealer. Spy. <laughs> arms, arms dealer. Arms dealer. Okay, arms dealer. Okay, well... I... Yeah, it was a bit of a controversial decision at the time, I think. Now, she is back playing, but she is yeah. back playing basketball. Yeah, she is. Um, um, probably not going to visit Russia anytime soon, but she is playing basketball. Um but yeah, definitely an interesting birthday. Happy birthday, Brittany. 32 yeah. today. <laughs> 32 today. All right, Manuel, we got you and I am chomping at the bit to get to know you a little bit more. As I said, I'd had no idea who you were before uh, before the Rugby World Cup, but there you are lighting up my screens and and <laughs> here I was in my living room at about, or oh, I think it was about 10.30 at night, looking at you going, go you good thing. That is what we need more of. Um Tell me, I would just, just cut straight to the chase before before we go. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? When did you move to Luxembourg? No, you when you moved to Luxembourg. But let's tell us. Um, let's go straight to the emotion of that moment where there was water coming out of, right, and rightly so, <laughs> rightly so, because I can tell you on Friday night I had water coming down my eyes. There was water coming out of your eyes with absolute. There was there was more than passion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think we are. Portuguese people, we are very passionate most of the time, perhaps sometimes too much. Uh, and I know this 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 group, and I'm following the the team for for a long time. And uh, it was like a the outburst of all the emotions that uh, the the whole World Cup has has uh, provoked in the Portuguese rugby community because. I think the team did much better than we were expecting. We were all already very emotional with the anthem and all that. But there was like a dream come true. And uh, yes, uh, it happened to me. It could have uh, someone. It could have happened to someone else that he was caught by the cameras. Uh, and then when I left the stadium, I had 68 WhatsApp messages, 37 <laughs> uh, messages from the from Messenger, SMSs, whatever. And it lasted the, the whole week. So I, I got to experience a little bit what is to be famous. And I have to say that I prefer not to be famous. <laughs> Why is that? Because you had to spend the next um, oh, uh, well. two hours replying back yeah, <laughs> with, well, with a thumbs up. A lot. I have I, I, as, as with everything else, I like to reply to each and every person who sends me a message, like birthday wishes. I reply to everyone individually, and it takes a lot of time. And uh, even at the work, when I arrived, people were saying, ah, I never follow rugby, but I saw you on TV, <laughs> and, and you were crying. And uh, some people were making fun, others were, like you were saying, I mean, uh, understanding the emotion of the moment. Well, and, it, wasn't, uh, it was more than the moment, wasn't it? Because I think... Be, because you go a little bit deeper than just being listening to the halftime talk. Yeah, I uh, followed the team for many, many years. Uh, for me, the, the Lobos are a, a strong connection with my country of birth, uh, which I, I, I told the captain of the team several times, you, you, you really make a big and strong bridge between the community which is outside and, uh, and you guys in Portugal. So um, everything they do, it's for me, for many years, I started following them quite regularly after the two, 2007 World Cup, which is, was also in France. It was also in France, yeah. Uh, they played, did they play the All Blacks? They did. And, and, that they won. And, and they won. And they won. And they won. <laughs> and to, and, uh, was it in Toulouse or Lyon? It was because uh, I was at that it was in Lyon, I Lyon? think. Uh, yeah, it the, was in Lyon. And it was at the old Lyon. Yeah, I think it was at the old uh, Lyon stadium, yes. not the new one they play at now. Because the one they play at now is just a little bit on the outskirts. Yes, of, of, of yes. Lyon, isn't it? What you probably don't know about that that match is that uh, obviously the All Blacks smashed the Lobos, but the Lobos could still score ten points, which was not too bad for a fully amateur team at the time. But after the match, the uh, the All Blacks went to the 
Portuguese changing room and uh, they challenged them for a football match. Oh, super. <laughs> yeah. What was the score? So the replacements from both teams, they played the football match afterwards and the Portuguese won 3-1. Oh, super. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased there's a moral victory within itself. Yeah, and it's, this is rugby spirit and I, I, I really love it. And uh, all these emotions, they come also because of this spirit. It's really a fraternity and uh, really enjoying uh, for many years this. And uh, By the way, yeah. Sorry, didn't, the, um, didn't Ronaldo also show up to, um, to swap jerseys with the, the Portuguese? captain yeah there is uh, the uh, well i don't know if you saw but uh, when the team went back to lisbon on tuesday after the match it was crazy at yeah. the airport like if they had won the world cup uh and then the, the next day they were received by the president and uh the portuguese football team national team had a, had a match against i think slovakia in porto uh two or three days later and the the rugby team was invited for the for that match and they went uh, around the pitch at halftime and at the end of the match Ronaldo and uh, and Thomas which Thomas Appleton which was which was the uh, uh, rugby captain they swapped jerseys so it was quite nice and uh, a, a nice gesture from the football community yeah. which well everybody knows Portugal is a football, football it's a football first. country football first second third and fourth and then then come the other sports it's, it's good to grow the rugby because that, that where way. would rugby where would rugby sit well, quite low, even in the even in the uh, team sports. I mean, uh, handball, basketball, volleyball—they're uh, um, all more popular than rugby. Rugby is as a basis very much into universities. Yeah. Um, but most of the clubs in the first division, which is an amateur division with a few foreigner players who are professional, who are paid to to play there. Uh, all these. Teams or almost all of them originally they are linked to to the different universities, and um, this had been in the past a big problem for for the development of the national team because many players when they reached twenty five they stopped playing because for them the new career was starting and uh, since they're not professional they they stopped. And now this has changed in the, in the last years. It has changed a lot. I think that's a big key to it. That sport shouldn't stop pending on yeah. age we can still go but do, do we have the infrastructure is the wrong word do we have the yeah infrastructure do we have things in place for them so for example in new zealand they have the 88 uh, under 80 so everybody within it that's under 80 can play in the team there are vet teams, vet but, teams yeah. yeah but there's not a structured competition uh, mm-hmm. they get together and they tour uh, they yep. come to Luxembourg maybe one day but they go to England and France where they have connections and they and they tour uh, but basically there are some teams I mean the, the, the first and the second division can be quite competitive in Portugal but below that it's kind of a social competition mm-hmm. um, yeah I'm going to pass this over to Anton now because Anton's got a, a I came up with a few questions and I'm just looking down their previous work in sport which yeah. is blowing me away now I'll let you answer the questions to get into that because yeah I need to get a tissue because that's one hell of a yeah, resume might, you've I got there my friend dived into the old LinkedIn account and uh, I've seen some some previous oh, previous <laughs> work in sport he's been a busy man ladies and gentlemen there's a <laughs> roster of, of things that he's done we've got Rugby Europe match commissioner 2021 FLR team manager. We've got Ireland's Women's Rugby World Cup 2017 team support. Yeah. We've got CSE team manager, most importantly, CSE team manager, treasurer, coach, Looks chairman. like you've done everything there. Dr- yeah, he's, he's, water boy any, driver, everything, appeal the oranges. But, everything but drive the bus for CSE. Maybe even <laughs> driven the bus maybe one, no. once or twice. Uh, World Rugby anti-doping chaperone. Portuguese Rugby Federation anti-doping chaperone. Um, Portuguese Rugby Federation liaison officer. He's done it all. You've done it all. Where is where is this passion come from? Where's <sighs> where's the will to 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 get involved? Well, first of all, I want to say that first to congratulate you, Anton, and and the boys for the win in in Bosnia. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you probably don't know or don't remember, but uh, you were part of my first rugby team in Luxembourg. I remember. <laughs> Uh, Anton was in the under 13s at the time and I was the team manager of that team and then uh, up to the under 15s for for a while so uh, my my rugby career uh, if I can call it like that in Luxembourg started with you so, so uh, if I if you can just hold that moment for a bit that would have been around the time that the CSC CSC is it CSCE yeah, CSCE yeah. that's about the time that 
the venture started, or when did the when did the club actually start? No, no, the the club started uh, shortly after RCL. Okay. Uh, so okay, we so are celebrating fifty years soon as well. Okay, so it has been for a long time. Um, there is there is there is an explanation for that, but uh, I don't think now it's the, mm-hmm. the, the time. Uh, so yeah, uh, how this how all this started? I I I, I grew up in a, in a in a small town in the south of Portugal in a very touristic Algarve region. Algarve. You're a good where, golfer then. Yeah, you can. Go, of course. <laughs> where uh, there were no rugby, no rugby clubs, so there was only one, which was more than sixty kilometers away from home. I discovered rugby through the at the time Five Nations, and um, there was a player who really was very spectacular called Serge Blanco. Blanco, yeah, and sure. he was the one who, who made the, the this passion start. Let's say. Then I went to study at university, and as I said before, the rugby community is a lot about university, and gladly for the club, but not that good for me. At the time, the university where I went to study uh, was in Coimbra, which is in the center of Portugal, and they had at the time one of the best teams ever the club had. They were national champions, they were Iberian champions, they've beaten uh, the Spanish champions in Spain in the, in the competition, so I... I never really had a, 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 a. I was never a serious uh, rugby player, but I was around. Yeah. Uh, let's say like that. And then when I when I finished studying, I went back. I went to Lisbon to work, and um, and I was keep kept on following the guys when they played in Lisbon because there were many matches in Lisbon. And um, suddenly I came to Luxembourg. I had free time. And uh, I offered to CSC at the time, and the president said, "Well, come and join us." And I did an, a training, um, a training uh, for a coaching training uh, uh, certificate with Marty Davis at the time. Yes, yeah. And uh, and that's how it all started. And first, I was managing teams, and then I was coaching the smaller ones, the under eights, the under tens. Then the club needed help to do more stuff, and I started. And once I was in um, in Turkey for work, and uh, one of the guys I needed to meet, he told me, "Ah, we need to speed up because I need to leave to Sochi." I said, oh, "Sochi? Ah, yeah, because there are the Winter Olympics, and I'm a volunteer at the Winter Olympics there." And I said, "Ah, how do you do that? How, how can you become volunteer in the Olympics?" Well, he explained me, and I said, "Yeah, the most difficult thing is that to get the first uh, job. Yeah, Once you get the first job, then it's in your CV. You're on the, you're on you, the list. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. How it started at a at a different level. Um, also, the Portuguese they had uh, in 2012 they had uh, qualifying tournament for the rugby sevens uh, World Cup, which was in Moscow one year later. And they needed someone who could speak French to accompany the French team. And the French team, they even arrived in the Algarve earlier than all the other teams. So I had the chance to spend one full week with French French sevens. Wow. Uh, and I made lots of friends which, with whom I still have contact. Some of them are still playing or coaching. Uh, and from that, I became afterwards, I applied for London, uh, for uh, England 2015, uh, where I was in the communications team in, in Twickenham. At Twickenham was an incredible experience. From that, I did the the uh, Women's World Cup in, in, in Ireland. I was in, the, in, in Belfast, basically, for the last two weekends of competition. And uh, in the meantime, I became also match commissioner for World Rugby. And by the way, for World Rugby, for, for Rugby Europe, also for World Rugby, but I still didn't do any match for World Rugby. Actually, my, my last match was in Bosnia. Was it? <laughs> yes. Oh. It was uh, Bosnia-Serbia a few months ago. So it was very funny uh, to see the images. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the same places that I've been a few months ago. So it's a big adventure. I mean, there's, it's, it is massive. And every one of these, I mean, here I think we've got like eight really quite big um, 
yeah, a, a big involvement in, in sport. And I guess you've got stories within every one. You know, even just the World Rugby anti doping chaperone. You know, there, there'll be stories. Yes. Within there now, if you if you're listening, you probably have to dig away, dig your way back through a, a couple of our, our archives. I had st- uh, uh, a friend of mine, Steve Dunbar, who was actually um, CEO of New Zealand Rugby Sevens in in, in the studio. And he had um, been around to a few different venues, and one of them he was actually running an event. It was in Africa. I think it was a Sevens event, and. The, and some of the stories that he that he tells on this on on our podcast, he um, or on our show, I should say, were absolutely hilarious uh, stories that happen. Now, I can tell you, I can tell you that within your experience, you had some hilarious stories, but full of many emotional ones, many great um, contacts you would have made as well. Is there anything? Have you got a funny story that anything stands out amongst those, those jobs? I mean, what was? I mean, just being FLR team manager in twenty nineteen, uh, in, in twenty nineteen, Scott Brown would have been, would, would have been around in that time. I was. Guessing. I was. Uh, we were in charge of the under 18s Under 18s We went to. He to, might have been under eighteen then. So he might, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were we were in Dansk in Poland, and we uh, had we had an awful accommodation. It was uh, really really very bad. And uh, but the, the 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 thing that I take from from that mission was that actually we completely failed because uh, we were playing first division championship level at uh, rugby Europe uh, your generation yeah and it was unfortunately it was the last the last year because we we finished last and uh, we were dropped the trophy which is a second level and mm-hmm. then I well we've done the trophy with a little bit more success. We finished uh, third and uh, the fourth, uh, and this year I think fifth. Uh, but there's something to improve there and to to well to to work on. Stor- funny stories I have a yeah. lot. I mean, I, I uh, for example that the chaperone uh, I, I was doing the the under 18s uh, European Championship in Lisbon. The Portuguese uh, Union had asked me if I could help, uh, and there was a guy from World Rugby from from Dublin and. Um, uh, he, he, we talked a lot, and uh, and uh, I had foreseen a trip to Singapore with my wife because we didn't know Singapore for a week of holidays without the kids, and of course I had, without telling my wife initially, I had foreseen it for a week where the seventh tournament would take place. <laughs> um, well played, sir. She was really surprised when I got an email from this guy asking me if I could help because uh, the sevens in Singapore had been stopped for a number of years, so they were starting again. And um, and they wanted someone who had already done the chaperone job to explain the locals how they should do. So she ended up, the first day of the tournament, she ended up sitting and having all the guys bringing her food and drinks while I was with the chaperones explaining what they had to do. That was a funny one. One thing that I will never forget is that in 2015, uh, during the Rugby World Cup in, in England, I was in Gloucester for a, uh, with a ticket for a match, Argentina-Tonga, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I got an email, uh, which was supposed to be from the Buckingham Palace. Uh, would you be available for a reception at the Buckingham Palace on a certain date? I don't remember each anymore what was the day. Um, and I thought, ah, it's, it's a prank. It's, prank, it's a yeah. prank. <laughs> Jose sent you a prank email. <laughs> it's a prank. It's a prank. I, I contacted, I had a, a, a team uh, leader in, in Twickenham and I contacted him and said, uh, Callum, I got this funny email. Who amongst you sent this email to me? And I said, he said, no, I'm, look, I don't know, but I heard that there is a reception at Buckingham and that there are 20 volunteers from the whole pack that uh, will be invited. Maybe you should talk to the director and ask her uh, if she knows more. So I contact her, her and she said, yes, Manuel, uh, you're one of the 20. Uh, we have chosen you because you're the crazy guy who comes from Luxembourg every Friday morning. That is brilliant. And I was, and this is a memory I will never yeah. forget. I was at Twickenham, okay. at Twickenham, at, at, at Buckingham, Buckingham Palace. Palace. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> With the Queen, still uh, at the time, and uh, all the captains, all the managers, coaches, the referees, and a few representatives from the sponsors, some members of the royal family, 
and my 19 fellow volunteers and I was it was really an exp an experience that is a remarkable remarkable story <laughs> I mean if anybody's listening um, that is that is just one of many reasons that you can be um, involved in sport you yeah. don't actually have to be on the on, on the pitch or a, or yeah. a coach or a physio that you can be there's so many other roles yes. that these that these events need or te teams That's need and, thing. and it can just give a great and I just you can see by the smile on your your, your face and the energy that you bring, the sense of enjoyment yeah. and happiness that it that it um, that it brings. I'm not sure how happy your wife was when she found out that you were uh, taken off for a few days. To <laughs> how, how did that go down? No, very very well. I mean, yeah. my, my my wife was, I think, even prouder than I was. <laughs> my boss was prouder than I was. She was telling everyone at the office, "He's going to Buckingham Palace." <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite fun. Of course, I was a bit stressed, but th there was something else I learned there. Uh, they are very professional. Uh, the Queen was very professional as well because she addressed uh, she addressed to me uh, at a certain moment, and and there were some some staff members uh, of the of the palace that they were there just to uh, train you in case some uh, someone from the royal family uh, addresses the word to you yeah. how you should behave, uh, and this for me was a fantastic part of the yeah. experience as well because it really shows how professional. They can be, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that I'm not sure if you got a, the the introduction kit of how to behave, but we could that over to Scott Brown. He'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the the perfect book for Scott. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how to behave. So, did you get you, you shook a hand or you? No, uh, I don't remember anymore because. What do you mean? You don't even remember? If you, yeah, shook the, if you shook the Queen's hand. I mean, I was going to say, what was it like? Was it a firm yeah, gripper? No, was no, it a I didn't. Eye to eye? I didn't because yeah. one of the rules was do not touch the Queen. Yeah, yeah. I was going to sure. say. Yeah. You know, she uh, must. She must would come to Michigan. yes yes this was one of the rules uh and but i have to say that when i left my wife wanted to know the news and yeah. uh, and she asked me so how was she dressed and I, I i i said she was in green and then the next day there were photos everywhere and she was in purple so that <laughs> shows how how much i was uh impressed by everything in there so uh, you're too too busy stealing the cutlery to to care yeah, what the queen yeah. was wearing. <laughs> we were we uh, there are no no photos to prove that I was there because we had to leave our our uh, our phones at the at the entrance. Uh, but these are memories that I will never never forget. Yeah, that's amazing. Sorry, is, yeah. is it right if we just for a sec come back to the rugby? I am a big yeah. fan of the rugby, and obviously with Portugal doing so well at the minute, mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask your opinion um, as a huge fan of the the, the Portuguese uh, rugby team. What are your thoughts going forward for them? Six Nations call up? No, no? no. still not yet. No, no, it's too it's too early. It, I, I personally, I, I believe that the the Six Nations should have a relegation That's what system. I think. It, it maybe not. That's maybe I should re reword it. Maybe not call Portugal up straight away, but at least have the opportunity for the Georgias, the Portugals, yeah. and stuff like that to have an opportunity to get promoted and yes. teams relegated. Yes, I I believe. Well. I'm no one, huh? but uh, my my opinion is that the last one from the Six Nations should play every year a playoff with the first from the championship. It's not a direct promotion relegation system because we you, we really need to know if they are up to the standard. Yeah, yeah. So, but a, a playoff match uh, played in the home of the last one of the Six Nations that would be fair from the sports point of view. I know that there is a lot of money involved, and this is the reason why it will probably never happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's a pity because Georgia, Portugal, Spain will will have a great team in a few years. Uh, we all need to play against the big teams if you want if we want to improve, and we also if we want to grow the game in our countries, we need to be exposed to the top teams because yeah. if we are playing only teams which are at our level and below this will not grow the game in in, in our countries yeah and obviously but you also need the need the finances what about coming to play at twickenham as on on i don't know what what do you call it the curtain raises or not even curtain raises the night before on the friday before six nations i could you throw a hundred ideas out there to uh help grow the game i, I can help grow the game you just, you just sort me out with some tickets down when they're playing at home in lisbon and i'll be down there <laughs> <laughs> i'll be on that first tap airline to uh to go down and watch portugal play because I was absolutely blown away, not only by the match that brought a tear to your eye, but the way they, the whole way they yeah. uh, conducted as a bad word, the way they were, the way that the whole, the 
it was about performance, and they really throughout the whole tournament, Portugal played really well. That was just a little cherry on top that they beat Fiji, who are no who are no mugs, who had just beaten yeah. be, beaten England, and who gave them a good old run in the quarterfinals. Yes, and beat Australia. Yes, yes. And beat Australia. No, I, I think first of all they were faithful to the principles of Portuguese rugby: play with the heart, uh, play with the ball in your hands, not too much kicking, and try to advance and try to find a gap where. Where you can you can uh, go forward uh, against a Fiji team that would send shudders through my spine just looking them to perform their war dance. Yes, the, yeah. Well, the the, the the boys they were ready for that match. I thought they would probably be too tired before the match because they're not used to play this intensity so many weeks uh, in a row. But actually, they had already warned that they would try to tackle uh, two players t- tackling the big uh, uh, Fijian units, and uh, and that worked really really well. Um, yeah, I, I, we are very proud. I mean, I, I before the match, I, I always said uh, even if we lose the match, there's nothing to be uh, worried about uh, because what we've already shown already conquered the respect of the rugby community. Now we are losing the the, the head coach because uh, he's um, retiring. Um, we have a new coach. He gave an interview two days ago to a French newspaper. Uh, he kind kind of uh, looks like an, an anarchical uh, romantic mm-hmm. uh, who, who says, "Let's foutre le bordel uh, dans le terrain." Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will be someone that theoretically it's adapted to the way that our players can play. But we need a little bit of structure as well. Uh, now you were, I mean, sorry, but with Portugal playing like this at the World Cup, you know it attracts maybe coaches that might not yeah. steep down to maybe tier two, tier three. They see Portugal. It's like with Eddie Jones with Japan. He saw an opportunity and then and and made a uh, unbelievable uh, World Cup uh, the year after. Now that teams or other coaches and countries see what Portugal are capable of, the players they can do, the attitude the players have specifically in this current squad, coaches will be you know thinking maybe this is a beautiful opportunity. It is. It is. I, as far as I know, we already had uh, requests from England and Ireland to play against us. Uh, amazing so that's already something I don't know in which terms but this is what I heard Uh, it is also very important for the um, uh, players that are not in Portugal but they are eligible to play for Portugal that they see that there is a competitive side uh, and particularly the ones in France because there are a lot who can join the team and uh, join the squad with the Good spirit. I don't know if you know, guys, but uh, in this team there is a player, uh, Vincent Pinto, who, who got a red card against uh, uh, against Wales at the end yeah. of the match. This guy he was French under twenty international, world uh, champion with France, and uh, he, well, like, it just recently when they went down to Australia. Not yeah. now, a few years ago. Uh, Four or five years ago, he was part of the French squad who won the, the under-20s World Championship. He realized that he didn't have a chance to play for France. There was an opportunity. The coach talked to him and he, uh, he, he was happy to join the project. And uh, the interviews he gave uh, now at the end of the World Cup, uh, he is so happy to have taken this chance because he, he, he said, this gave me the, he, he gave me the pleasure to play. Because this team, they play with pleasure. They play with a smile in their faces. And this is... A big enjoyment and a, yeah. and a, and a good reason. They set new targets, new goals. I mean, we we can look at the um, uh, Gibson Park. We can look at Bundayaki, um, Lowe. They might not have got into that All Black, the way the All Blacks were moulding. They might mm-hmm. not as well. They didn't see themselves in the, in the picture. They go and play, pick up a club side. They eventually spend their time away in another country and then and they can still play the best rugby yeah. of their of their careers. Yes. So there is opportunity at at uh, moving around. Um 2027 World Cup, I think it's in Australia. Mm-hmm. It, it, you'd be uh, would be naive to say it's not a goal to try and qualify for that uh, for that event. It is uh, more than a goal. Uh, I think it's very doable. We we don't know exactly how it's going to be. Uh, the day after we were out of the competition, there were uh, news, and even the chairman of the Portuguese Union mentioned it when they arrived at the airport. There is a possibility that uh, the fourth uh, classified in each pool this year might qualify automatically to the next World and Cup if, if the World Cup is extended to 24 uh, teams. That would be Portugal. Yeah. That would mean that we, have, we would have four years to work 
without stress to prepare that World Cup. Uh, if this is not the, the way, I'm sure that uh, we have a team ready to fight for one of the European spots. It's not going to be easy. Uh, Georgia will yeah. continue, I think, to dominate uh, the second tier, tier two European rugby. Uh, Spain will be very strong. Spain, if they clean the, if they, 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 <laughs> they clean, if they clean the, they clean themselves up. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. That, that will not happen again. Uh, yeah. They, they have, a, they will have a very good team. They will have very, very good team. Uh, they have a mix. Like we have uh, this Portuguese team that we had three generations of under 20s who performed very well at European level. They were European champions in a competition that does not include the six nations. Uh, and they went up to the World Rugby um, uh, Trophy and they finished uh, three times in a row. They lost the final uh, once to uh, Uruguay and twice to Japan. Uh, so this was also a big basis for this current team. And the Spanish are now taking over because the last two years, the Spanish won the European under-20s. Yeah. So they have very good basis to start from there. And also they have many players which are based in uh, France, which are qualified to play for Spain. Romania seems to be uh, a, a little bit down, worse. A, a, than, a bit up and down, Romania. But we'll, we never know. No, I mean, yeah. uh, so I, I'm sure that Europe will have three spots Maybe four if there is an extension. If there are four, we have very good prospects of qualifying. If there are only three, it's going to be tougher. We It was very tough this time because we had to beat the US. Uh, yeah, and, right. Another great game. Another great game. I was there. We, uh, of course. It was, <laughs> where, where, where was it? In, it was in Dubai. It was a three-weekend uh, three tournament, so I missed the first match against Hong Kong, but I traveled on time to watch the second against uh, Kenya, who was uh, Africans, Africa's second uh, in their own qualifying tournament that was yeah. won by Namibia. And then the last match against the US, which was crazy. I mean, yeah. crazy. <laughs> I'm just on... Um, I was wondering, this sevens specifically with maybe um, Spain and stuff, how does that influence the 15s? Do they use any of the sevens players? Because I know with smaller tier two, tier yeah. three nations, there's a lot of crossover between this. With, you know, your tier one nations, a lot less, right? You hear about it if it does happen. But with the tier two, tier three, there's a lot of boys that um, that cross over and, and help out the 15s. Is that the case with Portugal? For many years, yes. Now, with the current management at the Union, it's not the case anymore. The sevens are uh, trampling to the to the fifteens. Uh, there are many young players uh, playing in the in the sevens team. Some of them, like Rodrigo Marta or uh, Rafael Estorti, who, who were at the top at the World Cup, they yeah. they have passed this 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 step through the through the sevens team. We hope that there will be more players coming from the yeah. sevens. There is a mix of two, three players which are veterans and they played a lot of sevens in the past that they're not, I'm not going to say good enough, but they're not part of the yeah. planning group for the 15s that joined them and gives a little bit of balance. Portugal qualified for last year's uh, sevens uh, uh, world championship in South Africa, which was the first time already for a number of years. And uh, the, basically the team were all these youngsters, the only player that was in that team that played in the World Cup was Nuno Sazaguedes, uh, which played uh, 15 yeah. in the first three matches. And it was because he really insisted he wanted to play, because the coaches wanted him and he wanted to play. But otherwise, there are two separate groups these days. Mm. Yeah. How many of the squad are playing in France? Well, the, 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 out of the 33 players, we have three, three different groups. We have a group of 10 players who are... Uh, fully professional and uh, like top top fourteen, top cators or two two or top cators. All the others, pro D two or even yes. lower. Uh, these are players who were born in France with par with one of the parents being Portuguese or maybe two even two, uh, like Thomas Ramos, the French mm -hmm. player. He is he has also, two two Portuguese parents. Um, uh, there are a group of seven players who. Uh, went to France at the age of eight, 18, 19, 20, and they are doing quite well, like Storti, Marta, Madeira, uh, they, they're all in this, in this group. And then all the others are amateurs uh, yeah. who, who play in the Portuguese league from different clubs. Um, they are, well, all sorts of jobs during the day, uh, but there was a strong commitment um, 
with Patrice Lagisquet, there was a strong commitment from everyone to train like a professional, even if you're amateur, uh, because it was it was one of the big problems in the past was that the players in France, they came to Lisbon to prepare the matches and then they had nothing to do during most of the day because the others were working. They could only train at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, and for for the professionals that were not with their clubs in France and for their clubs in France, that didn't make any sense. And this was a big change in terms of uh, uh, planning and uh, structure of, uh, of, of work, uh, which also I think was very important for what we were able to do. And now, the, all these players in Portugal, in the, they were given the opportunity in the last two seasons to play for a team called Lusitanos, uh, which were part of a competition called Super Cup, organized by Rugby Europe, which had a team from Spain called Iberians, a yeah. team from Portugal called Lusitanos, two teams mm -hmm. from from um, Georgia, one team from Romania. In the past, there was one from Russia as well. Mm -hmm. This allowed them to play a little bit more uh, outside of the Portuguese championship and develop a little it bit. Uh, helps the game grow massively, yeah. these micro events, yeah. let's call them. Uh, I mean, you look macro at, events you look at um, what Fiji and uh, Moana Pacifica yeah. and yeah. stuff like that and the Fijian Drua. There's no doubt that without the Fijian Drua uh, team, Fiji don't do as well as they do in this World Cup. Having a lot, that, well, a lot of their players working together in a team playing together in a mm. very competitive league in, in Super Rugby. I personally believe that the players are getting they're, they're getting a, a mixed bag. They're getting the draw, which is in the Super Rugby, but they're but also a lot of their players yeah. are also getting you know let's say in the mm. top cutters. A lot of them are playing there, yeah. so you, you're combining it. The same happened to the Aruares when they were playing as yeah. well, and it really that was when that that lifted lifted the game. Um, obviously there was the Sun Wolves in Japan. Yeah. Unfortunately, they they're out, but I think. Certainly, from the Pacific region, having these guys playing in the or having having them as as teams. One idea is also that we have a team playing in the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Uh, the the Georgians will have one this season. Yeah. Uh, but they're only it's only them for the moment. Uh, who knows what happens? I, I don't know. I I I, I I'm a I'm just a volunteer. Yeah. I, I I don't know what's going on behind the curtains. It would be a great idea. I think it would be. One step further than the Lusitanos playing the Super Cup, uh, but we'll see. Would the oh, just on that? Um, I know a lot of the the players in the Moana Pacifica and the Fijian Jura. It was sort of veterans that were in potentially bigger um, top tier clubs that then sort of not sacrificed, but they 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 decided to put the Moana Pacifica project or the Fijian Jura project forward, um, and then join those teams. Would that be an option for some of these players playing in the top 14 and Pro D2? Would they, would they consider moving to a, a club more, um, you know, based around developing Portuguese rugby? Probably not. No? Probably not because they are born and raised in France. So they have very strong connection with France. Fem French families, yeah. uh, so it's very difficult. There were, were one or two players who, who actually uh, went to, to Portugal to play for Portuguese clubs. When they realized the difference of level of the competition, they stayed one season and they went back to mm. to to France. This would be something different, yes, but still, I'm not sure that they would be ready to sacrifice what they have in France to do something like this. On the other hand, it would be a way of semi-professionalize at least yeah. uh, a, a group of 40, 50 players in Portugal that would be, probably they will still keep their jobs, but they would have an engagement to be always available for the for the union. That, that's, that's wonderful. Manuel, we're just going to put you a little bit on hold here because I want to uh, switch over to the big guy yeah. here who's obviously just um, come back from Bosnia. He came in off the bench after, uh, came off the bench after 40, what, 42, 43 minutes, you're saying? Yeah. Let us know how did it get on? What was the result? Um, so um, was it Saturday, fourteenth of October? We played Bosnia in uh, Zanika. Definitely not pronouncing that right. Um, uh, we you just got off the plane and followed everyone else. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, it was um, really nice country. Um, really nice hotel. They got re the, the was it the Portuguese football team was staying in the hotel just after us. Um, but uh, as for the game, we, we well, I'd say we, the starters did really well. Uh, it's strong opening 20 minutes. Uh, we had scorers from Yarid, Maxim Kennens, Hugo Batani, all picking up early tries. 
um, and Gautier Barra is on hand, uh, slotting the three conversions, making it 21-3 to Luxembourg in the opening 20 minutes. Um, this this onslaught, you could call it, continued uh, with a try from Matteo Franzina, Gautier Barres and Tony Drennan all getting on the scoreboard uh, with well-worked team tries, which brought us up to... Um, uh, the 35-minute mark, the Bosnian scrum half, uh, who was fairly sharp all game, managed to sneak under the posts uh, just before half time, making it 40-10 uh, to 10 at the break to Luxembourg. Um, the opening 20 minutes of the second half, I want to say, was a bit scrappy. From it's the um, moment that you came on, yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> definite, definite, no correlation. <laughs> Please pick me. Again. Um, no, uh, there was it was there was a scrappy period. We we knew we probably wouldn't be able to put in a full eighty minute performance of uh, constant um, pressure. Um, I want to say even that the Bosnians started. Um, um, being a bit more uh, aggressive and, and, and seemed they had the understandable patch for a good five, ten minutes, sort of got into our five meter, had a couple of lineups, didn't get any points from it. Um, but finally, the uh, the uh, floodgates pro open again for the um replacement prop on debut, Dominico Orsino. Great line charging through about three, four Bosnians to go under the post. Great try. Oh, well played. Yeah. Um, D- debut, prop, scoring yeah, a try. Exactly. What I mean, it um, doesn't get much more glorious than that. It, uh, it seemed to settle the nerves a bit again because we got two more tries before the final whistle through uh, Luca Zanetti and uh, Yared Ketma getting his second. Um, the full time score was 59 10 to Luxembourg. We secured our bonus point win, which I think puts us top of Pool B. In the conference uh, after round so one, so if everyone's played everybody, they uh, got, yeah. so, got the so away think, fixtures. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think was it was it Austria? No, never mind. I can't remember off the top of my head. But we are sitting. We are sitting comfortably top on five points after round one. Who were the man of the matches? Anyone well, for you? So I did a when we uh, had our troisième <laughs> mi-temps after the game. There was. Um, don't ask why there was a salami sausage going round, and it that was Mr. Brown's used, been up it, to no good. It was being used as a microphone by yourself, <laughs> as obviously bringing out the radio host on the troisième mi-temps. I went round the players asking, and the coaching staff, who they thought was uh, man of the match, who they thought played well. Um, there wasn't an overwhelming um, one one player, which is good to see. Obviously, um, there was there was sort of three main players. Um, Sean Carroll really impressed, carried well, was busy, pretty much played the full 80 minutes, as well as Ruben uh, Altsmeyer in, in the second row. Just an absolute workhorse, line-outs, tackles, carries, hitting rucks for, for the full 80 uh, on debut as well. Uh, really good. And Gutierrez Barry is just Mr. Consistent, really. Slotting his kicks. Solid player, Tackles, carries, um, really putting a shift. I mean, I say those three players, but I think um, pretty much most of the people in the, in the 23 uh, had a good game. Even even Mr. Scott Brown himself off the bench <laughs> yeah. showed, showed some... He, he had his uh, kicking boots on. He, he, showed, he showed some energy. Well, I think... Uh, Barres was uh, uh, kicking the whole game, but Scott was found some holes. Oh, he still man. he still got a bit of gas on him. To be oh. fair, to set up a couple of tries uh, at the end of the game. Um, like I said, quick mention should be made to Anthony Rossi, Ruben Altsmeyer, Lucas Schmidt, Dominique Orsino, Thomas Diom, John. Fitzpatrick and Luca Zanet, who all made the senior 15s debut. Oh, I'm pleased um, for Luca and a win uh, as well on debut. What more can you want? Well done. It was Luke. a great weekend. So on the return legs, when we next match in in uh, Luxembourg, Manuel, there's a chance we can have a beer together at the game. Or, 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 is, you're, or, yes. or you're on another mission. No, I was supposed to be on another mission, but I I, uh, I had to say no. Uh, maybe I'll be here. I'm not still hundred percent sure. I know that the match commissioner is a Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be nice to to host uh, Austria. Yeah. Um, when was the last time we played? Have we played? And I don't remember ever. I, I I think Austria had the break for a number of years. They didn't play yeah. competitive. Uh, 
with the with the national team. Oh. I, I'm very pleased to hear many of the names you mentioned. They have uh, passed through CSC in their yeah. youth days. Yeah, uh, come through. There's nothing quite like seeing when these the roots when yes, the kids are coming through. There's like, nothing a, a better set a, a, a fabulous satisfaction. Look, we hardly got through any of the content wanted to get through just because, well, for many reasons, uh, that Manuel's content is so insightful and so rewarding because, it's, as I say earlier on, it's not just from a player, not just from a coach or from the physio. We're getting another angle from from um, from a let's say a volunteer basis that's helped on on, on at so many different levels. Um, but the, a lot of the content that we want to get out to you, I've got some uh, squash, volleyball, football. Um, many um, uh, many athletes and, and coaches have been uh, helping me out and providing me with the content. We're going to put that into Sunday's uh, show as well. Also, we've got um, we've got other content in there as well. We have uh, fencing. We've got handball. We know Asian Diffidons, they're out of the Euros. Um, Luxembourg lost to Slovakia 1 0. There's a little bit of that under 21s. Had an unfortunate loss to Azerbaijan 3 2. Um, yeah, there's a little bit going on there. How the US are, 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 you know, really looking at Luxembourg to get athletes into their um, into the NCA programs. That's go. Um, there's a bit of that going on. Obviously, with the cyclo cyclo cross happening in the in the weekend as part of the Skoda tour. So I will uh, keep you updated on um, on Sunday with that. So. Uh, that for that and that matter that will be the wrap I want to thank you Manuel for, for, for your time and coming into us we're delighted to uh, to see the, the passion just before we go I'm going to ask you three very quick questions are you a socks up or a socks down man socks down socks Good down man. and the summer will we got one to see you in your long boardies or will you go for the budgie smugglers Long boarders, long boarders, and and of a, 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 out of a choice because you haven't got one. Would you go for a t mustache or would you go for the mullet? A mustache, mustache, very European. <laughs> Are you surprised always, by that? Always the Europeans <laughs> with the mustache. <laughs> We're not surprised by that. I, I have uh, I have kept a mustache since the day Portugal beat the US until the first day, the first match uh, at the uh, Rugby World Cup. At the Rugby World Cup, it was a promise I made in Dubai. <laughs> if we qualify, I keep the moustache. Even if my wife was was complaining about 10 months, during 10 months, uh, I kept it and I kept my promise until the end. True love passion, that, true that. passion. Well, you're going to hear from Anton and myself on, on, on Sunday. Thank you again, Manuel, for coming in. Until Sunday, 7 o'clock. From us, it's Chirp. Chirp.